Comedians Wife podcast. I'm your host, Carrie, along with my husband, stand-up comedian, Leland Clausen. On today's episode, we have comedian, writer, actor, and host of the protest show, Thor Ramsey, with his wife, Dinika. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Welcome to the Comedian's Wife podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here. Good to be here. <laughs> so I feel like we have to start by saying, uh, telling our listeners what time we're doing this podcast. We're doing it at 9 p.m. And that was because you guys have a little guy. Yeah. <laughs> and Leland's just been telling me a little bit about him. And it sounds like you guys are exhausted. <laughs> yeah, we, we are exhausted because we're old is part of it. <laughs> but he's, a, he's, a, he's different. Well, you guys had two boys. So we had yes. we had two girls, and now we have Rex, and there's eight years in between all our kids, which oh, is wow. a dumb idea to begin with. It was we didn't plan any of this, but um, well, is there a fourth one coming no, in eight years? I don't think so. Well, I'll be dead by the time he yeah. finishes high school. So. <laughs> well, let's not do that. Let's not say that. We'll be dead by the time you're just like. We don't know who's actually going to raise him, uh, but we thought we'd keep him for a while. Yeah, uh, for so, as long as we can, as, for as long as the, the dementia the doesn't different. Now the girls were different than each other, but their energy was different. They didn't really have bedtimes because we could. Uh-huh. They could sit up and they would just play and talk to us, talk to us, and cuddle. But he yeah. is on like a rampage continually. You know, it's like, I don't know if your boys were like that, but he's, he's just energy wise. He's just always going. So, so uh, we, we never had that. Did we? They weren't too bad. Our boys, Hunter was a little more, yeah. Uh, boys, boy. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper was pretty chill and draw. Well, and yeah, yeah, he wasn't, I think there's a, well, he foster, foster to adopt is a lot harder because Aww. you don't know the person, you know, when you have your own biological, we only have one, but you know, we can kind of see, oh, that that's kind of you and that's kind of me. Right. There's a little bit of that going. Explain through. that to me because I don't get it. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if you get it, explain it to me. But so right. some of that's. Right. Um, yeah, our oldest. Like you're like, I know how to handle Thor. Yeah. So, so if, yeah. if she's, ex- if Eden is doing some Thor stuff, I know yeah. how to deal with it. Yeah, her. our oldest daughter is a clone of me for yeah. the most part. Don't tell her we said that because she would hate that. Yeah. But, uh, and then Kate, our our. I guess our middle child now is so much like her, even though she's adopted. She has oh, so much personality oh, traits of her mother a lot. Uh, you know, just yeah. Like and then your youngest now, youngest now like her, but she's got a lot of her traits. <laughs> Maybe she learned them. Yeah. I don't know, but she didn't pick up anything from me. That's for sure. <laughs> that's so cute. And so Rex is how He's old? Three. Sorry, He's three. Three. And. You guys just adopted, you fostered and then adopted? Yeah, yeah. Kate and Rex. So Kate's, you know, our oldest is 20, and then Kate's 11, and Rex is 3. And, wow. And so, yeah, we had Kate uh, just nine months when we were able to adopt her. And Rex, we had um, 
for two years before we were able to just adopt last uh, November. But Kate, Kate's got a great, a real quick story I can share with Kate, which I love is, uh, so we, um, so we were, we, we were in the, uh, what do you call it? Foster care system. You know, we're yeah. we, we didn't know what we're, you, you put in like an age range, zero to two, that type of thing. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know, you know, who or what. So, but she goes to Target to register because one of her friends says to her, why don't you register? That way, if uh, you get a baby, we can have a baby shower. So she registers at Target and they ask for a due date. She puts in her, what she thinks is a random due. It's required. Du- right? It's required. To fill out the registration. To finish right. the form. It's one of those you know, okay. come ups. You have to put in a due date. Totally. Um, well, she puts in what she thinks is a random due date, and it turns out to be the very day Kate was born. No wow. way. Yeah. So when we go to pick her That's up, so they tell cool. us like, "Oh, so you got to what was how, how long do we have to wait? Like forty five minutes or an hour?" It's really odd, you know. We show up to pick her up because I think she was fourteen days old. She was ten days old. Ten days old, yeah. but. Before we could take her home, they're like, now you've got to go for 45 minutes and think about it. So I went, oh. to, I went to Starbucks to basically – I get to pick out the middle name. So I go to Starbucks to de- debate the middle name. She goes over to Target to um, update the uh, – Registry and pick up a couple things that we need. Yeah, and then she's there you know, uh, updating it and notices it's the very day Kate was born. I start uh. crying and then the girl at the customer service desk starts crying because I tell her the story uh. and – yeah, it was cool. It was really you know, amazing. The Lord was in that. Yeah, so we sure. always felt like that was God's hand showing us that she was, you know, meant for our family. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Then, and then with us. Rex, which was interesting, because um, I always wanted a son, you know, we never had one. But yeah. I was, I don't know how, I don't know the timeline. Eden's got a story too, but it's it's much longer. But uh, um, all our kids have all, all crazy our kids have a, a God's hand, you know, is in their birth story type of thing, but. Um, I was going through one of those, uh, you know, I was having a prayer time and I was just saying to the Lord, just kind of accepting everything that's happened in my life as his sovereign hand. just going, mm. you know, sure. I, I was coming to terms with things going, you know, I always wanted a son, but I don't feel regret. Was, was, was this a lamenting prayer? It wasn't actually, it wasn't, <laughs> oh, okay, it, it okay. was more of a, it was, it wasn't a lamenting cause I have a lot of those. Those are most, but, um, <laughs> So it was very unusual prayer. That's why I remember it. Um, but I was basically saying that I'm okay with, you know, everything you've given me and, and what I mm. haven't, what I don't have that I always wanted. I'm okay with my life because wow. it's from your hand. Mm. And then boom, we had a, a friend from church and we just saying that I, you know, cause we really um, stress the orphan care in our church and fostering to adopt and everything. And so uh, when we were part of a church plant in Redlands, uh, they did the same thing there. And man, it was just like a, it was a small congregation, but I would venture to say 30 or 40% of that con- congregation had some, had their hand in foster care in some way. We had wow. 200 people in the congregation and 64 children wow. were adopted. So wow. it just becomes one of those things cool. that becomes part of church culture. So yeah. uh, when we started the church here, we wanted to bring that same culture into it. And, uh, and we've seen it now, you know, just uh, on a much smaller scale, of course. But um, so anyway, a friend from church said, we know that you guys are, you know, uh, foster care enthusiasts or whatever she said. But <laughs> enthusiasts. Yeah. It's like a hobby. No, I, we actually knew I would, we were renewing our license. Oh. She said, and we weren't sure whether we were going to renew our license because of our mm. age. And uh, 
So she said, are you guys renewing your license? And I said, actually, yes, we just renewed it yesterday. We just but in our minds, we were thinking older kids, yeah, sure. you know, teenagers, because yeah. some of it is like no one, no one really gets teenagers anymore. And we always thought, right. well, we'll try to have a ministry there bringing in teenagers and just giving them a place for three or four years, whatever they need. You know, yeah, she yeah. worked with a girl years ago that happened to her. That uh, she went in, how old was she? 16 when she was, uh, went into, well, she was little. She went through foster care her whole life. But until she really had a family. It was like. She was 16 and then she got adopted. Wow. She was 16 and then that, you know, so that made a huge impact on her life just those last mm-hmm. four years. So anyway, uh, we, th- we thought Rex was going to be temporary um, mm. because his mom was going through the treatment program. And there was visitation, and so we thought it was a temporary deal. Um, and so I think I think that was kind of our thinking was it's temporary. <laughs> but at the same time, we never we don't because foster care is a completely different mentality than fostering to adopt. Sure, it's a different okay. mentality, and we've never you know, and, and they're not that one's right or one's wrong. It's just they're different yeah. mindsets and different emotional you know. There's different Isn't emotional it? structures to them. Wouldn't it be almost impossible to not get attached to kids when you're? Yeah, so that's us. We just like we were like. Well, Well, like I said, people people always say to me, (laughs) "I could never do foster care," or um, because I would be afraid it would just tear my heart out. I couldn't give them back. And my answer to that is, it's not about you; it's about the kids. So Uh. yeah, I mean, you're an adult. Love if it. the child gets taken away, it is devastating. And we've, lo- right. we've had three other kids that um, did return to their mother. But, um, and, you know, it was upsetting and it was traumatizing and trying for everybody. But again, it's not about us. It's about the kids and about living at but, I couldn't. Yeah, so, I couldn't do it because uh, it'd be devastating for the children. That's yeah. why I couldn't. <laughs> so. Um, oh, sorry, Thor. We but, interrupted you. No, no, that's fine. That's uh, yeah. So you know, we just took him and treated him like he was ours. But part of it was we had a relationship with the mother. We really liked the mother. Mm-hmm. Really, she was she's really likable and everything. And it's just that you know she was a heroin addict and she'd been a heroin addict for a mm-hmm. decade. And we didn't know that much about heroin addiction. We read up on it, and it's really, really, really hard to beat. Even if you're trying yeah, to beat yeah. it, they wow. generally relapse relapse about eighteen times, even when they want to get clean. So it's really hard. And really? Um, so, you know, it was just one of those things where it looked like she was on her way to renewal or, or not renewal. Reunification. Re- that's the thing about age. You just, you get the wrong words all the time. We find it all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, so it starts, it's the thing where you bring the people together again. And they <laughs> like that thing. You guys are not that old. You're uh, making it sound like yeah, you're like well, 90. We're, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> We don't want to tell people how old. You know, I get called grandma all the time. You're such a nice you grandma. You do not. <laughs> you guys do not look like grandparents. <laughs> um, but anyway, after I oh, so I didn't, after I had the prayer about I'm okay with everything. We got Rex. So again, I feel like oh, okay. that was the Lord just saying, you know, I'm just going to bless you because you know that that type. Because you're finally not lamenting. Yeah, that's exactly here. You're finally, finally. Not complaining. See, here's what it all. Is. <laughs> Thor, all I wanted for you yeah. is stop complaining. Rex is about me. Rex is all about me. This kid's not about – it's not about the kid. It's about me on this one. So, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Three months into it, she disappeared and 
know. Oh, so no. it was like, okay, well, this is, oh. this is it. He's yeah, ours. He's ours. Yeah. So we moved towards adoption and yeah, but we've had him and since so he was three months old. Is nine mm-hmm. o'clock Rex's bedtime? No, eight o'clock. Is, but it takes an oh, hour. It just takes an hour for the. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going through a stage right now where Aww. one of well one of us one of us has to be in there while he falls asleep. He has to hold my hand till he falls. Asleep. So sweet. So he holds my. Aww. He makes me hold his hand, so he knows I'm not leaving. Little boys are so sweet. We- I remember when uh, Cooper always used to think that we were like partying. The moment he went down to sleep. <laughs> and one, we were cleaning up his toys one time and he came down the stairs just as we were, like we had him in our hands and we were, and he was like, I knew it. <laughs> it's like, no, we're not playing. You're playing with my toys when I go to bed. <laughs> no, we were, we were just putting it away, man. <laughs> he was so mad at us. Oh. Uh, so you guys, we, I want to hear a little bit about. Um, he was 22 when that happened. <laughs> No, it was two. I'm pretty oh, sure it was two. Okay. Um, maybe three. Yeah, he was talking pretty well at two. But anyway, yeah. uh, you guys, I want to hear about how you guys met. How how long have you been married? Dinika, we've never even... This is the first time we've met. Is this the first time you guys have ever talked? Yes. Yeah. You and Thor have known each other for Thor and I go back years, for... Yeah, how long, years? man? It's been... A long time. At least a couple decades, I was going to say 20 years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. I was, I was, we are, we that, are old. What was that picture we have of the four of us, of you and me and Bone and Darren? Yeah. That was taken within that, the first year or two. That was 04 or 05, probably. So, yeah, I think it was 03. Okay. Okay. 02 or 03, maybe. Well, the very Same. first CCA. So, oh, wow. whenever, whenever we know what year that yeah, was, that was that's the year we ago. met. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know what year that was. Yeah, it's probably, it's, it'll be coming up on, wow. on 20 years this year. Yeah. Gotta be. And so you'd been doing stand up for a while, even then. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, but I would. I had. I had over twenty years in. You know, before I wow. before I veered away a little bit, but now I veered back into it. Mm. But only, well, without an audience, which is really the way to go. Uh, you know, I just do the YouTube show now, the protest show. So there's really no live audience, Love and that's it. really the best. Way to do comedy. The best way. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's like I just I feel like this is funny. So and no one. I don't, I'm never discouraged. I'm, I'm never like discouraged that. after a show. We enjoy right. Ron and I, Ron McGee, and I, you know, write it together, and I enjoy that and tape oh, I it. I love and, it. I'm likely killing. Yeah, I haven't I heard any I, other I comics like say that. that. And now that he's doing um, writing with Ron McGee and and you guys, that he's out here in the garage in his office. And I don't get to listen to that because it used to be that I would be, you know, like upstairs in the room and I would hear all you guys do, doing your um, uh, writing together and laughing. And I just loved that. And I miss it. So much. We have, when we've been writing, we've done no laughing. It's a serious script. Yeah. yeah. But she used to listen to my conversations when I talk, cause we used to talk probably about three times a week back in the day. Yeah. If not daily. Yeah, if so not Dina daily, yeah, I think I think you know more about his life than I did. Well, that's what she would listen to our conversations <laughs> to learn about what was going on in my life. I did. Like, oh, you talking to Leland and you're writing something. What you <laughs> yeah. well, you're right. That sounds great. Congratulations, yeah. Thor. Conshaw, <laughs> he actually texts me all the time to update me on what they're working on. He oh, knows I I'm love it. it from him. That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's not that I. 
keep it from her. She's just she's really just not that interested. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I learned years ago, you never run jokes by her. She's like, mm, okay, all right. <laughs> that's Maybe that's scary. Right in front of a crowd. <laughs> so were you doing stand-up? To an empty garage, and that's really nice. <laughs> were you doing stand-up when you met Dinica? I met her doing a show. Oh, really? During a show. I, 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 want, I want that to be in a script sometime, yeah. that story. Yeah, I used to travel. <laughs> I used to work. I was on the road all the time. So every week I was in a different city. I used to travel hmm. all over the United States. And I actually was working in Knoxville, Tennessee, and staying at a Holiday Inn that had a comedy zone in it. And so in the there, lounge, in the lounge, oh, not in the lobby, nice. but the lounge. So yeah, we were. I was working with um, another person, and he and I were like, "Let's let's do go to the comedy club tonight." So we went to the comedy club that night, and and it was it was like a was, Thursday night, yeah. And uh, they were like, it was so was like twenty or just getting there. So I I had a really well, I had a good car. I had like a Chevy Cavalier, which is you know, <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, exactly. But it was new. It was only that like, did not draw me. To it, him. it was only no. That was, no what? I didn't really? tell her about the car until years later. But uh, <laughs> it was only three years old. But it. So I had I had one of these comedy zone. If you ever did the comedy zone, it's one of those gigs where you do like two nights on the road, one nighters, and then you end up sure. Thursday, Friday, Saturday at a hotel. Yeah. You know, so you do five nights, but two of them are just you know bars in the in Podunk. Uh, right. Clarksville, Tennessee is actually was the first, uh, where I was trying to get okay. to. Wow. You got a good memory. And well, because driving to the gig, my car breaks down oh. and, but it breaks down in the middle and I'm in, I think I'm in Missouri and it's the middle of nowhere, Missouri. And I, it's, this is how podunk it is. I can't even rent a car. <laughs> like I can't rent a car. So I'm like, so I'm like, well, <laughs> I go to a local used car dealership and I buy an, a Chevy Nova for $300. Well, I had two weeks on the road and I figured, well, $150 a week. If it gets me through the next two weeks, that's the investment I need and I'll drive back here. Oh, it was one of these. Literally, it's like they, they couldn't fix the cars. We have to order the part. Right? One of those. It's one of these. It's in the 90s, you know. Back yeah. In the, so, back in the old days. Yeah. There's no cell phones. There's, there's no <laughs> civilization in Missouri and parts. So – I'm dry. I I barely make it to the gig that night in Clarksville, Tennessee. I literally I I didn't shower that day. I'm wearing scrubs. When, that was like my driving uniform. Was I had these scrubs somebody had given me and I didn't scrubs. Yeah, exactly. Doctor scrubs. And uh, and I walk into the the to the gig and I'm like, I I asked the guy, can I borrow your hat? Because <laughs> I'm like, I didn't I didn't even showered, so I just put on his hat. Went right up and did the, the show. And uh, the next day, I'm driving, <laughs> trying to get to Knoxville, and the Chevy Nova breaks down. Oh, man. And here I'm like, I haven't missed a gig yet. And I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm like, I'm sitting on the side of the interstate in a Chevy Nova, and some pharmacist pulls over because I, you know, this is what I'm in a $300. Because you were in scrubs, I'm and a, they were like, I'm going to help this doctor out. Chevy Nova. And I'm a comedian, so he naturally he has to take me to Cracker Barrel to buy me a meal because he thinks I'm starving and destitute. So, but that's the night I, I got to the gig and I met her that night. So thank so, you, pharmacist, whoever. He but was. it was like getting to that gig was almost impossible. So I look back on it, going, it was it just was you know, 
we neither one of us were working with the Lord at the time, but I'm going, it was God's hand either way to put us together or to discipline us, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that story. But, uh, but I made the gig. It was like, they were only 30 people that night too. Oh, wow. But they acted like 300. Mm. They were amazing. Cause it's like, it's I don't know. Just loud laugh. It, she's a great laugher. That's <laughs> really she? what attracted me to her. She would when laugh we first met. when we first met. <laughs> She would, she would laugh at everything I said. Like she was a great audience and a product. But that's yeah. the thing, you know, it's like if, if it's a crowd of 30 and you die, I'm not talking to any women after that show. Right. right. My confidence level is zero. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just, I'm going directly to my room and I'm ordering yes. out. And, uh, but they were a great crowd. So I'm all, I'm all extrovert now. I'm Mr. Extrovert. I have a good show. So I ended up talking to her, but during the show, I'm working with I'm working with a ventriloquist. Oh boy! Uh, what was his name? We can remember. Jimmy Still. Jimmy Still was his name. I think he passed away. He did. Actually, yeah. um, oh. uh, one of his one of his dummies came to and life. He was from the same but, town, uh, like Grand Rapids, <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, he was from <laughs> dummies came to life. I know they're, they're always in horror movies. The dummies come to life. And it's like it's a bad it's ending. True. Um, yeah. But Jimmy did this bit where he would bring up an audience member and then tap them on the back of their neck and they would open their mouth whenever he tapped that right. make them the the dummy and he, right. he brought her up I was the dummy. so the first time i saw her i saw her on stage you know so uh-huh. another man is putting words in her mouth i'm like that's the woman for me that's, that's the, the one for me she I laughs was, at my jokes whole, horrible old joke um but that's the night we met and then uh, we went out to uh i think i asked her to coffee and she no, you you asked uh, me to lunch the next day, oh, and I said no. I, she can't do lunch, so now oh. that was it. I was like, well, lunch is like I can't ask you to dinner because that's more that's that's more intimate than lunch. I mean, you know, you, I mean, the ultimate would be breakfast. Yeah, well, you, there you go. That's a little forward, you know. So I didn't have that much confidence. I was pretty extroverted at that time, but um, but uh, and then I think we just did dinner because she could. So we did dinner, and then. I think we went to dinner the rest of that week, every night. Yeah, and his his pitch was, we'll go to dinner, but it'll just be dinner because I have to, to work afterwards, so you don't have to spend any more time with me. <laughs> so it's like the promise of the, the end of the day would be quick. That's how you sold her on it. It's, like, really, it's really only going to be an hour. With me. That's it. Two hours is max. Is, uh, and then we'll just, you, had quite, we'll, you had quite the game back we'll, then. We'll, we'll, we'll increase that 30 minutes a date. And uh, like next it. date will be, you know, two and a half hours. And then we both, well, and I was only supposed to be there for a week. And so that weekend, I would have been leaving the next day or so. And then the I got extended and had to stay over the weekend and the whole following week. And you were there that second week, too. So we I was there up, two weeks. Yeah. So we I remember were, that we ended up. Being there together huh. for two. We weeks. did go to Dollywood. That was one of our first dates. We went dates. to Dollywood. And we, hey. And we Who wanted Doc to go to Dollywood? And we, and we saw Doc Hollywood. It was the first movie we saw together. And we saw a one winged e- one winged eagle at Dollywood. What? A one winged eagle. <laughs> what does that mean? What's how is it's that? An eagle with one wing. An eagle that can't fly. <laughs> so that pretty much. That. He just well, flies in circles. I just, I he just continually does loops. Now, you know, an eagle that can't fly. Like this is the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> but, but then uh, we both worked in um i thought it was indianapolis we both worked in indianapolis but in my 
my schedule was oh, no. like uh, six months or so. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta we Indianapolis. In Atlanta. Then we both worked in Indianapolis together. Oh, wow. Um, so and we so just started was, dating on the road. It was kind of interesting how we both kind of ended up being in the same place over and over again. Yeah. So it, it was cool. the hand of God, definitely, that was forcing us together, whether we wanted to or not. So if you both weren't following the Lord at the time, mm-hmm. did you both... Uh, begin to follow the Lord at the same time or what explain that? Um, well, I knew she was, she wasn't a heathen. You know, <laughs> I knew that. I mean, she was, she was, om- I knew she was open to the Lord just from knowing her. I knew she, she like grew up in the church, you know, so. And mm. then my living with my best friend's parents, who she was an amazing woman. She actually really led me to the Lord. Um, but Mm. so, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, that was that whole story of us in the pizza hut that kind of, yeah, I was just, I I was, uh, just at a place. I was just at a low point, you know, we'd been married maybe six months and, uh, he was ready to leave. (laughs) 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 She doesn't laugh at my jokes anymore. I'm out. (laughs) Well, I just, yeah, it was just one of the, I can't really explain the emotional state. But I knew I knew I needed help outside my, I, you know, I, I I was a Christian for three years and I was really sincere. And then I, I just didn't have a good grasp of the gospel, though. I, I had really mm. some, I, so I'm really big on theology now because at the time I was like I had really bad theology. And because, um, you know, as I as I walked away from the Lord and I didn't walk away shaking my fist or anything, it was just like I was so my theology was I'm, I'm accepted on the basis of my behavior. Mm-hmm. Though I began with grace, I was being sanctified by works. It was that kind of mentality. And even though I would say, I would say, yeah, you're saved by grace, but my emotional state was I'm only accepted if I'm really holy and really good. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, you can't, li- you can never live up to that. Right. So you just always live in a state of continual condemnation and discouragement. And so I walked away. And then once you walk away, then, and my theology at the time was you lose your salvation. So uh, even though I believed everything still in my heart and mind, I believed I was going to hell. So I thought, let's become a comedian because that's a great state of mind. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, yeah, so when I met her, that's the state of mind I was in. But you'd have met me and gone, this guy's the furthest from the kingdom of God, anyone in the country or the world or Canada or the Western Hemisphere. But I believed everything internally, even though I would never verbalize it. I didn't call myself a Christian anymore. Um, so we married and I was just at a point where I'm just like, I, I, I had no moral resolve to, mm-hmm. to become a different person to over, you know, to that whole, put a new foot sure. forward type of thing. So and I, we were both on the road. We were both traveling all the time. Yeah. We were traveling all the time. Just a couple of days mm-hmm. a week. Maybe I, a lot of times I was gone for two weeks at a time. And, so we uh, might've been married six months, but we might've only really seen each other <laughs> three weeks. But, um, so, and I was just like, well, I, I decided this, I would, I, I basically prayed, Lord, if you can do something with my life, it's yours, but you have to do this. Cause I have no moral resolve. I'm, I made a commitment to read the Bible and pray five minutes a day. And, and that was a package deal. I don't mean I'd pray for five minutes and read the, but it was like, if I prayed for three minutes, then I'd, you know, read the Bible for two type of thing. But, <laughs> and I did literally, I did not know if I'd be a Christian at the end of that first week. Like every day I was like, I don't know if I'll be a Christian at the end of tomorrow, you know, at the end of the day, wow. it was just like, I just have, 
And, and it's really mm-hmm. odd because you're going, I, I guess that's what grace is, but I, I'd never experienced grace because I didn't have a theological framework for it. So I just, I was basically the first day I prayed that we were on the road again, somewhere in, uh, I want to say Appleton, Wisconsin. So I want to say, but maybe yeah, the pizza hut. Anyway, we're in a pizza hut somewhere in Michigan. You guys were on the road together. We were on the road together again. again. Yeah. And okay. I, we were in a pizza hut somewhere and uh, I wanted to tell her that I prayed to the Lord. I want us to start going to church and I, I couldn't get it out. I'm like, cause it was such an odd thing to say. So I prayed a silent prayer, you know, Lord, it was really one of those help me Lord prayers. You're like, Lord, this, I'm doing more than five minutes right That's now. Exactly. It. This, well, is, well, this is, I'm praying. This is, this is a bonus. I'm on overtime. This is, this is a 30 second prayer I'm throwing up right now. So this is <laughs> in addition to the five minutes, but I threw up a really short prayer, which was literally Lord help. And, uh, as soon as I did that silently, she goes, do you have something you want to tell me? And it was like, I was shocked. I was like, That's a he answered prayer. What, what on earth? <laughs> so I told her and, and she was like receptive right away. You know, huh. she, was, wow. she wasn't like, no, what are you crazy? She was like, yeah, this is what I want. That's I've always wanted this, you know? So really? we started going so Dina to, the, ca- to the mood, moody Bible church and yeah, go ahead. So where, where, so how, where was your heart at that you were just so ready to go to church is it was it just kind of a slower thing for you or my 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 walk was such a progressive a really slow progression so it was you know one of those things like when i look back and i was in the pits of hell and back you know when i was younger and my high school days and so on and just over time of spending time um back in Michigan, my hometown where I grew up after we had lived in California for years. And when I went back home to Michigan and lived with this family that I was speaking of earlier, um, they, this girl's mother, Janet just used to, she used to pray for me. And I used to be in a bedroom underneath her uh, bedroom and I would hear Mm. her praying at night and crying and weeping. And she would just, I mean, she was the most, uh, I mean, a, Wonderful prayer warrior, but I could hear her praying and crying. And um, I remember one day she would open the door and she's like, I'm praying for you. And I told her, stop praying. <laughs> like I was really angry about it. I did not want her praying for me, but she continued and she um, really, it was her that led me down that path of, you know, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. She took me to church she took care of me when I was sick. She, you know, her husband helped me get a job. Um, I mean, I have known them since I was two years old that they were, that I had grown up with, but um, my life was such a mess and she never gave up on me. And so um, when I look back at where I was then and where I was going, I mean, I could see the, you know, where I was going, but I really didn't know how to get there. And so um, for him to say that to me is, was, like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I want. But I didn't know how to, how, how do you do that? You know, so right. do you, do you want to become a Christian tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how slow has this journey been? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely a really slow progression for me because I, I feel like, you know, I didn't have that thing, fireworks and, you know, God opened the mm. heavens and talked to me. Uh, but it was, uh, 
I, but definitely when I look back now, I can see that his hand was in it all right. along. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I see, and over the years, I can see it because I remember back in the, that first year. Um, uh, oh, and this, so this is interesting too. So after that prayer in the pizza hut, uh, I hadn't I hadn't started my five minute commitment yet. I'd only prayed, you know, Lord, if you can do something with my life, it's yours. And uh, and I said, I'll start reading the Bible five minutes a day and uh, tomorrow, and uh, and uh, and we'll start going to church when when we're home. And uh, so, but the next day I started my five minute commitment, and I started. I just remember from the first time I was a Christian, people always said, if you, when you become a Christian, start in the Gospel of John, and I literally mm. felt like. I just become, I mean, it was like, it was like being a, a brand new Christian over again in one sense. It, Cause you like, you don't realize how ignorant you are, uh, even though you supposedly walked with the Lord for three years. So I started in the gospel of John. I'm reading the gospel of John. And there's a story in there where, um, Philip, I think it's Philip comes to Nathaniel and said, I found the Messiah. You know, he's from Nazareth. He's nothing good comes out of there. It's like, come on, you got to meet him. And so when Jesus sees Nathaniel, he, you know, he says that you're a really honest guy. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you when you were alone under the fig tree. And Nathaniel's all amazed. And he says, you know, you are the Lord and you are the God. Or, or, what's, he responds in a very positive way. And then Jesus right. said to him, I promise you, you'll see greater things than these. And when I read that, it was, it, it was I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was like God took that scripture and just lifted it off the page. And it was like, you're amazed because I answered a little prayer to Pizza Hut. I promise right. you, you'll see greater things than these. And that verse got wow. me through my first year, basically, as that mm. believer. But I remember back in those days, you know, we were getting wow. involved in different churches and stuff. And uh, I can't remember if it was in, I don't remember what it was for. It might have been the National Day of Prayer. We went to a local church and they had, you know, everyone broke up into groups of like eight or something and you're praying aloud what but she she wasn't she would never pray aloud with other christians mm. so you just remember and you i don't know at what, what point she transitioned right right right. but you that's certainly a evidence of growth and everything but you know it's like it's a marker you can look back on yeah you would say remember you remember how you never used to pray yeah, so it's oh, like but you look that, back right? on those days now and like that's so it's it's so interesting to see all that and the progression in your own lives and your you know in our marriage and everything like that so I'm really curious to hear um, what you guys have found to be the most challenging thing um, through your, throughout your marriage and, and what that is and how you guys have overcome it. I just think, you know, two humans that are completely opposite on, I mean, we are complete opposites in like almost every way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, they say opposites attract. And I can see that because his strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are his weaknesses. So I think that that, it does work out in some ways, but. But it just yeah. always reminds you of where you're weak. <laughs> so. That weakness is staring you right in the eye every morning. Yeah. Oh my God. It does. It reminds you over and over but again. This is funny about marriage. And you guys may have experienced this, but here you start out here in marriage, like you're here and yeah. she's here. And then over the years, you crisscross. <laughs> so there's like these, the, you have these attitudes in the beginning of marriage. And that her attitudes become your attitudes, and your attitudes become her attitudes. And you guys, you, but you're still across purposes. I've adopted. I finally got on board with the thing you were, were big about. But like, you're, and then you're over here. Like, how? The, what, we you were over. right. You yeah. were right. Yeah. Why won't you go back to that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you're 
but uh, but your personalities do start to uh, meld together a little bit, I think. So, but yeah, uh, I just I don't know how people do it without Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> really, I because you know essentially you're you're not putting yourself first, and and if you're putting Christ first. Um, you can, you have to keep submitting yourself mm. to Christ. You know, you're, you're like, Oh man, that was so ugly. I can't believe I did that. Um, God forgive me for treating him that way or doing that. Story. And I'd be like, thank God she admitted it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, open her eyes, open her eyes, Lord, to see. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I don't know how people make it without Christ because I, honestly, it, it, the biggest cha- the challenges that you go through. For instance, our oldest daughter, who we never really even mentioned, who was our only biological daughter, we went through in vitro fertilization six times. Oh wow! Um, which really is um, unheard of. People don't they don't usually allow people to. We didn't know that at the time. After, <laughs> after the third time, well, we were. I was older right. because you know once you're past. You're 35 or so, which I was. Um, you're kind of they kind of don't want to deal with you. We had to go see a specialist that dealt with women that oh, were wow. older, <clears throat> which 35 is old. That's really sad. <laughs> right. um, but when we um, went through that with with her, and we had a couple of miscarriages, and, mm. and it was just disappointment after disappointment. It really could have torn us yeah. apart um, because there was so much. Um, sadness. There was so much just grief and stress, and but it really, um, I think, ended up bonding us together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we really clung to the Lord at that time, and so uh, you know that I think that that had a lot to do with uh, that in that beginning. T- well, it wasn't. It was seven years into our marriage, but I think it really did help us bond mm-hmm. together at that time in our wow. life. Yeah, uh, I think it did, and. Uh, I think that the two things I look back on our marriage, I, I know that early in our marriage, we did adopt a, I don't know if we adopted it consciously, but we were always, we would apologize. Hmm. Like, you know, whatever the issue was, we would take, we would take ownership and then we'd ask for forgiveness. Um, so we did even that. Even if you didn't feel it. Even if we didn't, yeah, even <laughs> if we didn't feel it, that's true. Um, Cause there's a couple of things I know I'm still right about, but um, I, I came. But when you say it, when you say it and you don't feel it, it comes. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. But I true. think we, we did that all the time, uh, a lot. I mean, then, and I think the other one was we didn't try to change each other. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you, could you repeat that for Carrie know. one more time? <laughs> one more time. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah. Well, so, well, yeah. And I think we, um, that's why it's nice when they go on the road. So, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I should say for, for the most part, I'm not saying we never slipped up there. <laughs> Uh, perfect. yeah, so, um, but, uh, but I think that was a, that was a big deal. You don't try to change them and you just allow it's, it's, and it's that whole thing where you, you know, I I think it's a truism that you just, you're not the Holy spirit. So don't be the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit for them. That never works out. So you have to allow God to change them. And then some of it is you find your prayers, your prayers for your spouse are so selfish because if she became this godly woman that I imagine is like, who wouldn't love her? You know, so. <laughs> that was a, that was a oh, I love it. No, but I'm saying, 
but generally when we pray for our spouses and that in terms of their godliness, it's all, it's all really for our benefit. Right. And so they won't give me grief. <laughs> it's really what it's about. But, and generally the prayers are, are really about just accepting them where they're at mm. and allowing God to do what he wants with them. But it is, it is, it really is. That's the same thing with me. It's like you look back and you go, yeah, I, I'm really what I wasn't the cakewalk I thought I was. Right. That's for sure. So, and I don't even know how cakewalks work. That analogy doesn't work. But again, I'm old and I don't, I don't have the, 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 the bake sale cakewalk. People don't even know what a cakewalk is anymore, probably. So, who, has, who has high school or junior high? I don't know what they're called in affairs. Carnivals? Oh. Carnivals. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't have the right analogy. But uh, uh, is that what cakewalk is? Does it have to do with bake sales? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Cakewalk. A cakewalk? A cakewalk has to do, They don't have to do with bake sales, but they have cakes. Like, I know cakewalk means easy, <laughs> but I don't know why. I don't. You're walking on cake? Yeah. Or what are you been, doing? You've never been on a cakewalk? You get a free cake. Oh, wow. You walk around in a circle. It's like musical Is that what that is? And you stop the music, and they call out, what, the, call out a number, and if you're standing on that number, you win a cake. For doing really? nothing but walking. Wow. Yes. Okay, since yeah. we're on this topic, Thor also said the word podunk earlier. And I have said that in my own, I've said that before. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? It's just a podunk? Yeah, it's a little crappy town. Yeah, I mean, crappy town. I mean, yeah, small, insignificant. It's not a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Life in that town walk. is not a cakewalk. So if I looked up podunk in the dictionary, it would be there? It'd be, be like insignificant one horse town really? type of okay. one, one horse town. Be... See, you, you drop another one in that one horse town. Yeah, my wife's looking it up right now. I thought it would be. It was a short <laughs> form of something. <laughs> okay, before but listen, uh, I I did yes, want to ask you uh, about what all the things that you've you've got going on. You've got like just give it give us the because you yeah. got a bunch of stuff going on and we we didn't well, cover any of it so far. Sure. Small, insignificant, inaccessible really? town. Oh, there you go. Amazing. Hold on. Yeah. Did you hear that? Okay, listeners, okay. did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> word of the day. Every I do that every now and then. I'll say a word that I think everyone's familiar with, and like, and they're like, is, "Boy, this guy we're hanging out with that? him is no bake sale." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Thor, I did a little bit. I did a little bit of research, and you've got. So many things going on. You've written several books, which I actually didn't know that. I'm sorry I didn't know that. Um, you're doing a YouTube channel right now um, called, I forget what? The, the protest, protest show. show. I'm doing the protest show, which is really I've taken on, since I don't have to have a comedy career now, I decided to become a political comedian. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it doesn't it's, matter. It's, uh, now you can just really say, because I don't have an audience, so you can't lose them. <laughs> um <laughs> So, but I really did it. I called it the protest show because it really came from a place of, well, rather than hitting your head against the wall, <laughs> you know, you're just like, what can you do that's constructive? And you feel like this, you know, I think part of comedy overall is speaking truth to power. Mm. Um, and now the powers that be now are just in the reverse positions. Like all those people, they've got no truth to speak to power because they're mm. in power. I think I'll, I think I'll still just hit my head against a wall. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing I'm excited about is uh, so tomorrow I have a, a telephone call with a lit agent. I'm really excited about because I've got I've been working on these novels for years, so I've got five novels that all kind of deal with the same family, oh, wow. and uh, 
and they're comedic and they're satirical. And I, I, I really, I've enjoyed writing them. And, and I really felt like in that, in that particular um, form, the form of the, of the novel, you can actually uh, say something and be funny, you know, because it just gives you the, it just, it just lends itself to that. Whereas comedy doesn't really, you can't really be, you know, for the most part, even with the political stuff, you can kind of do it a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, you know, you're still, you're trying to be funny and funny's about brevity and getting to the joke and, and, and that type of thing. But, um, but I'm excited about the novels, but we're, but I need a lit agent to shop them around and see if, you know, you can get them pu- so published. Cool. So that I'm excited about. And then I really like the script that uh, I've been writing with my friends for years. We've been friends for years and years and years, but you know, in, in one way, it's like, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you go different ways, you know, we've stayed in touch, but not like we did when I was doing comedy full time. Right. And so I just, I wanted a way where I could connect, can stay connected to these guys. And even before, like before COVID hit, um, you know, I, I know my new year's resolution, I called all these guys, my, my three friends and I that I've had for years and said, you know, I just want to call you once yeah, a week yeah. just to connect. We don't have to have 45 minute to an hour conversations, but I just want to connect. And then COVID hit, things went crazy, but then we reconnected just going, let's work on something been, together. You know, it's been amazing. Guys guy don't bond just by having coffee in Starbucks and looking to each, you know, looking into each other's eyes type of thing. So, so give us something to do. And for and, our listeners, um, that's, so, that's Leland and you Thor. And then Darren Streblo. Leland, Darren Streblo and, and uh, Bonehampton. Yeah. We've all been friends for years. So this we're this movie's, this movie's right getting now. made. It's too good to not be made. I, and it's like we we. It's not just that we're enjoying working. We oh, like the good. script. Yeah, it's really funny. Good. And we're sixty three pages into 63. it right now. So oh, you did you did a little extra after we. I did a little <laughs> wow. extra. Yeah, I added a couple of things. That I'll tell you about. But um, and then I'm, I got a meeting tomorrow with um, some other movie making folks uh, who saw the. Um, what the do you trailer, call the thing that we sent, not the trailer, but the te- the thing that you saw. What oh, you the that? screener, screener, screener. I couldn't find the word. They saw the screener for the movie, so they actually saw the movie that's coming out. And so they called Christopher, the director of the movie, and we're having a meeting with them tomorrow about you know what else do you guys have nice. type of thing. So I, cool. Christopher and I did a, a ten minute short, probably about a decade ago, called Skip Listening, and I about three years ago I wrote a feature length. Uh, script based on that short and so we're going to talk to him about that and cool. see so those are exciting things awesome. and so, now you've got let's tell us a little bit about and we got a movie coming out actually i have a movie coming out in called. march 13th and 13th through the 15th in theaters 13th It'll through the 15th in. called church people yes church and i got people. to watch it with leland yeah. i got kind of a sneak we had um, a little movie night because we got a screener oh, yeah, yeah it night. was so okay. good thor it was so good i yeah so I had I couldn't get through it the first time I saw it. <laughs> just because you're critical of yourself. It's just well, you just so there's there's hurdles you have to get over. <laughs> the first one was just my performance. I hated my performance in hindsight, so that was just I would cringe. And you I wanted to make say a movie that during where, interviews you know, that are promoting. I wanted to make a movie where I didn't cringe, and <laughs> I found myself cringing at myself. But no, you don't. You have but, you're uh, a terrible promoter. Now, you after are I watched terrible. it multiple times. It's a cute little movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. Well, Thor, we are so excited about um, your novels coming out and your movie. Congratulations. Well, I don't have novels coming out. I just, I'm trying to get a lit agent. So, <laughs> anyone's listening, you I'm want to see I'm being positive. Good, yeah. It's going to yeah. happen. 
So church people in theaters, March 13th, 14th, 15th. Got to go check it out. So good. Um, Yeah. There's so much I could say about it. That is, I will say this, that's the the Collide Media. uh, I think Collide Media, they did such an amazing job with the trailer. That's the best trailer I've ever seen. It made me want to see it finally. So it's like, it's a great trailer. It's uh, kidding. (laughs) But uh, uh, I'm hypercritical. So if you're listening to this, it is a, I mean, if if I say it's a really cute movie, then it's, you're probably going to love it. It is really, really funny and and really good all around. But you got to see the trailer is really well done. It's amazing. I think Forrest used to say when he'd go to the movies with Thor, at the end of the movie, he's like, I think I really liked that movie. And then he would stand up and tell his opinion and go, oh yeah, I guess I didn't like that after all. (laughs) (laughs) He still says that I thought I liked the movie until I talked to Thor. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this with us. It's been so fun. Thanks for having us. part of the edify podcast network download the edify app for more powerful christian podcasts